This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign launch on Twitter was marred by technical glitches, delaying it by nearly half an hour, during which hundreds of thousands of users tuned out of the audio broadcast. Mr. DeSantis was forced to deliver a truncated version of his stump speech, in which he promised to lead a great American comeback. In a later interview with Fox News, Mr. DeSantis said as president he would ensure that, quote, woke ideology ends up in the dustbin of history. Iran said that it had successfully test-launched a 2,000-kilometer range ballistic missile. The country maintains that its missile program, one of the biggest in the Middle East, is, quote, defensive. This weapon, however, will be capable of reaching Israel, a long-time foe. On Tuesday, the chief of Israel's armed forces warned of action over Iran's nuclear developments. Russia and Belarus signed a deal which would allow Russia to deploy tactical nuclear missiles on Belarusian territory. Both countries framed the decision as a defensive one, with Sergei Shoigu, Russia's defence minister, calling it a response to the sharp escalation of threats from the West. Control of the weapons will remain with Moscow. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that Russia launched 36 Iranian drones towards Ukraine overnight. Mr. Zelensky warned Iran against supplying more drones to Russia, saying that doing so could land them on the dark side of history. Meanwhile, the head of the Wagner Group, a mercenary organization, announced that his troops would transfer their position in Bakhmut to the Russian military. America's Supreme Court limited the powers of the Environmental Protection Agency to regulate water pollution under the Clean Water Act. The court ruled that the agency's power does not apply to some wetlands. It is the second time the court has restricted the EPA's authority in less than a year, having previously curtailed its ability to curb emissions from power plants. Britain announced record net migration figures with 606,000 people added to the country's population in 2022. One-off factors, such as an influx of refugees from Ukraine and immigrants from Hong Kong, a total of 160,000, contributed to the increase. Asylum seekers were also included for the first time. Almost 40% of migrants came as students, although the total share of non-EU student immigration fell in 2022. An iconic cotton tree in Freetown, Sierra Leone's capital, was knocked down by heavy winds. The enormous tree, which is also depicted on the country's banknotes, was considered a symbol of liberty. The freed American slaves who founded the country are believed to have huddled under its branches upon arrival to their new home. The country's president declared it a great loss to the nation. And figure of the day, 58%, the proportion of Republican primary votes that would vote for Donald Trump, according to polling conducted for The Economist by YouGov. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Germany's coalition government heats up. 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine created such a sense of emergency in Germany that, for much of last year, tensions within the governing three-party coalition were swept under the carpet. But as the war drags on, the pro-business Free Democratic Party and the Greens are increasingly getting into acrimonious fights. The latest is a row about a proposed law to ban the installation of new oil and gas boilers. The FDP refuses to pass it, even though it had previously agreed to do so before the Budenstag breaks up in mid-June for summer holidays. Robert Havoc, the embattled economy minister from the Greens, is accusing the FDP of breaking their word. The FDP says the law risks imposing too costly a burden on households. Build, a tabloid, reported on Thursday that the FDP sent Mr. Habeck 113 questions about the draft legislation. Though he supports the law, Olaf Scholz, the chancellor from the coalition's other party, the Social Democrats, is so far staying out of the scrap. Sudan's Ceasefire Hopes The Sudanese people will spend the next few days anxiously waiting to see whether the current nationwide ceasefire is to be extended. The Sudanese armed forces, led by General Abdel Fattah al-Buran, and the Rapid Support Forces, a militia led by Muhammad Hamdan Dagalo, have been warring violently since April 15th. On Saturday, for the first time, they formally signed a deal to stop fighting, but only for seven days from Monday. The pause was to allow humanitarian aid into the country. That appears to have happened, albeit slowly. The omens for an extension, however, are not good. Residents of Khartoum, the capital, and elsewhere have reported plenty of fighting this week, despite the truce and vague warnings from America's diplomats about the potential repercussions for both sides. The SAF and RSF seem to have plenty of fight left in them, which is terrible news for the Sudanese, over a million of whom have already been forced to flee their homes. A Bubbly Market Although most households are suffering from high inflation at the supermarket till and petrol pump, some can still splash out on luxuries. Sales at upmarket clothing, jewelry, and cosmetics makers like Hermes, LVMH, and Richemont rose during the pandemic and have reached new heights since. Bernard Arnault, boss of LVMH, is now the world's richest man. Another place to see this effervescence is at Lorraine Perrier, a French champagne maker, which reports its annual earnings on Friday. In the year to March 2022, revenues jumped by 57% to 306 million euro, and net income doubled to 50 million euro. Lorraine Perrier's profit margin is a fizzy 19%. The share price this month bubbled past 140 euro, nearly double its level at the start of lockdown three years ago. The economy may be brute for many, but prospects seem rosé for Lorraine Perrier. J.P. Morgan's Links to Jeffrey Epstein Jamie Dimon, 
the boss of J.P. Morgan Chase, America's biggest bank, will be deposed on Friday and Saturday in a pair of civil suits related to Jeffrey Epstein, a longtime client of the bank who hanged himself in 2019 while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges. The Attorney General for the U.S. Virgin Islands, where Epstein lived on a private island, charges that J.P. Morgan obstructed law enforcement and, by providing financial services, facilitated his illegal activities. The bank denies these charges and instead claims that the government of the USVI was complicit in Mr. Epstein's crimes. On Tuesday, the bank filed a case against the territory, alleging that high-ranking officials had looked the other way in exchange for money and favors. Albert Bryan, governor of the USVI, will be deposed next month as part of the lawsuit. The USVI says this is an obvious attempt to shift blame away from J.P. Morgan. The finger-pointing continues. A Keith Haring Moment In 1986, the Stedlich Museum in Amsterdam asked Keith Haring to put on an exhibition. It was the first major solo show for the 27-year-old street artist who began his career creating hundreds of drawings in chalk on defunct advertising boards in the New York City subway. He was adamant that he shouldn't be presented simply as a graffiti performer. On Friday, for the first time in more than 30 years, the Stedlick presents Amsterdam Notes, the 125-foot piece he created on the eve of that show. The museum's director describes it as a contemporary Bayeux tapestry. It depicts human figures, monsters, and animals dancing, flying, and copulating. A bigger collection of his work is showing at Akron Art Museum in Ohio until late September, and an exhibition covering his entire career opens on Saturday at the Broad in Los Angeles. His vibrant work, which tackles themes such as the AIDS epidemic, racism, and war, is as urgent as ever. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday, to quiz espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Friday. Which pop singer achieved international success with Never Gonna Give You Up, his first single? Thursday. Which car brand is based in Marinello, Italy? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Ward Cunningham. Simplicity is the shortest path to a solution. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.